ABC Listen. Hello, 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 my friends. It's Ruby here, and this is News Time. Hello, Ruby. Hi. Today, we are off on a road trip to a tiny town that's fighting to save a bush bird and itself. We'll also inspect an important statue and visit Spain, where the bones of some pretty amazing ancient creatures have been unearthed. I'll take you along to a fabulous festival of First Nations art, and then, as usual, it will be time for... Wow of Week. Absolutely. What do you think? Should we jump on in? I can't wait any longer. <laughs> OK, here we go. Story number five. How many people do you think live in your town? I'm going to say about 2,000. Over 50,000. Mm, 70 million. 70 million? Your town is huge. Much bigger than the little town of Ongarup in Western Australia. There are only 114 people who live there. Wow, that is very, very surprising. It will be harder to, like, make friends in school because there wouldn't be very many at all. I think it would be fun because then there will be less people to tell you off. The population of Ongarup keeps getting smaller and smaller and locals are relying on visitors to keep the place alive. To encourage more people to visit, a wildlife conservatory has been built. It's designed to help save a bird called the mallyfowl. Mallyfowls are very shy birds. They're about the size of a chicken and they live by themselves, not in big groups. Their patterned feathers make them very good at camouflage. I think I've actually seen one before. I've never seen a bird like it, ever. It's not that colourful, but it does have some yellow. I think it's really cool because it can just blend in. Mallee fowls are a vulnerable species. They're not quite endangered, but we do need to keep a close eye on them to make sure their numbers don't get too low. The locals at Ongarup are hoping that tourists will come to learn more about the mallee fowl and visit some shops and cafes while they're at it. With any luck, their new conservatory will help save the bird and the town of Ongarup. Story number four. In 1947, Captain Pearl Wallace became the first woman in Australia to be a riverboat skipper. A skipper is another word for a boat captain. In 1947, there weren't many women skippers, so Pearl had to fight extra hard to be recognised and respected as a captain. To celebrate her, a statue made of wood was built on the Murray River in Victoria. But 12 years ago, the statue was damaged in the Swan Hill floods. And when it was repainted, something extra was accidentally added. A beard. It's a brown beard. Because they're looking at a wrong picture of a wrong captain. Yep. Pearl's statue was changed into a scruffy sea man with a bushy brown beard. Poor Pearl was stuck with her beard until this year, when her grandson realised what had happened and told the local council. 
Pearl's statue was quickly repainted to look more like the real beardless Pearl Wallace. I think it's very annoying for the person. Then people can remember them and nobody will just forget about them. If anybody wants to know about the famous Pearl Wallace, you just go to the statue. Exactly. Pearl's statue now has a plaque that's sharing her inspiring story to make sure she's remembered into the future. Story number three. A paleontologist is a scientist who works with dinosaur fossils, like old bones or footprints preserved in rocks. Yes, I love dinosaurs. My favourite one is definitely the Spinosaurus. My favourite dinosaur is the Allosaurus. My favourite dinosaur is the Pterodactyl. Oh, sounds like we've got some dinosaur fans here on Newstime. Do you think paleontologists know about all the dinosaurs that ever lived? There was an unknown amount of dinosaurs out there. We could have found all of them, but we could have not found them. It's a high chance that we haven't found all of them. You are definitely right. Not very long ago, a team of paleontologists in the country, Spain, found fossils from lots of different dinosaur species. As they were piecing them together, like a big Jurassic puzzle, they realised that some parts didn't fit with anything they'd seen before. They belonged to a new species, which the paleontologists call Gorumbatitan morulensis. I think it's crazy that the name is that long. I can't even remember it. Gorumbatitan morulensis? That's it. Gorumbatitan morulensis. It lived during the early Cretaceous period. That's about 122 million years ago. It was a type of sauropod. That's a herbivore with a long neck, a long tail, a small head and four thick legs. It's very tall. I like it. Scientists are still working to investigate all the cool fossils they found on this big dig and piecing them together to understand more about this amazing time in history. Story number two. This week, the Tarnandi Art Fair kicks off on Ghana country in South Australia. It's a celebration of contemporary Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander art. Contemporary art means art that's being made today. The art fair, which is held at the Art Gallery of South Australia, is the biggest First Nations art festival in the Southern Hemisphere. It's very interesting and they use lots of colours. Tarnandit will show off the artworks of more than 1,500 First Nations artists in galleries, at exhibitions and events, in places right across the state of South Australia. There'll be talks from artists so that people can hear about why and how they make their art. There'll be performances so people can watch something amazing and workshops so people can learn how to make art of their own. I really like art and stuff, so I think I would really enjoy going there. The Aboriginal art is very important for the nations. The word Tarnandi comes from the language of the Ghana people, the traditional owners of the place we now know as Adelaide. It means to come forth or appear. 
kind of like how when the sun rises, there's one first ray of light. The organisers are hoping that people of all ages and backgrounds will come together to enjoy the brilliant art on display and learn about and celebrate First Nations culture. Painting encourages future people in the culture to draw and be creative. Drawing and stuff is kind of like talking. It's like communicating with other people. What's better to bring people together than art? I couldn't have said it better myself. In fact, the Kids Listen podcast Little Yarns has three special episodes with artists whose works are at the art fair. You can listen to them right after you finish news time. And now it's time for... Wow of the week. This story made me go wow because I didn't know that animals could glow. A little while ago on News Time, we talked about the discovery of biofluorescence in Australian marsupials. Biofluorescence. Biofluorescence. Wow, they glow a lot, like in a bluish purple colour. Ultraviolet light. Yep. Biofluorescence is when animals appear to glow under UV light, or ultraviolet light. Platypuses, wombats, Tasmanian devils and echidnas have all shown signs of biofluorescence. But it turns out it's actually way more common than we thought. Recently, scientists studied 125 different mammal species and 107 of them have fur that glows under UV light. That is almost all of the species they looked at. Yeah, I think it's really cool. Like, how does a wombat glow in the dark? Is it like one of those where you put them out in the sun and then when you put in the dark, it glows? Good question. We understand how the animals glow. They have certain proteins in their skin and fur that treat light differently. But the reason why mammals glow is still a mystery. Scientists are wondering... What use is it for the animals to glow? Who knows? Maybe so they can see around in the dark or something? Maybe because they're trying to look for their babies. The babies are trying to look for them and they can't really see anything so the mums glow in the dark or the dads. Well, any of those guesses could be right. This discovery is so new that scientists around the world are having lots of discussions with each other and trying to figure out what it's all about. And they're working together to do more research and hopefully illuminate some answers. And there you have it, my friends. Five fantastic news stories. Thanks so much for your help, everyone. Thanks, Ruby. Thank you. You are welcome. And in the meantime, don't forget to do the news time quiz. The questions and the answers are in the show notes. Have a good one, Ruby. Bye, Ruby. See you later. Or as they say in Slovenian, adio. News time is an ABC Kids Listen podcast. For other awesome podcasts to play, music to move to and stories and soundtracks for sleep, download the ABC Kids Listen app. It's free from your app store.